Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Wait. There's something very weak coming through. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Hello, fellow Galactic listeners. I'm Aaron Hulian, and this is WSTR Galactic Public Access, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to episode 334. We hope you and yours are well, and with everything crazy going on, we want to continue to be a platform that promotes positivity, life, and hope. And a little Star Wars along the way. Today, we are looking at the season one finale of Ahsoka. No, this is not the world between worlds, but we do have a friend of the show, co-founder of mm-hmm. WSTR, the man that needs no introduction. He is here, Mr. Armand Haddad. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I'm so excited to talk about Ahsoka. We have so much to talk about. So many things. But thank you so much for having me. Indeed we do. And thanks for coming back as always. We also have Miss Heather Allred. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. I am here for droids and small cats. Awesome. We have both a plenty. And we have Miss Carla Giacalone. Welcome, welcome. Hello. I'm ready to unpack this all and address address Merly. We got to talk about Merly. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, Todd is still flying in. He is en route. He is traveling by Purgle between galaxies, so he should be dropping in any moment now. Um, but until he gets here, uh, um, Heather, why don't you go ahead and tease that news? Teasing the news goes as follows. Always in motion, the future is. That feels like any article on Star Wars. That's true. (laughs) Um, Not like this band of crazy people, but 
hard on the eyes. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, oh, see what I did there? Compliments all around. Ooh, I got it. Around. I got it. Um, and lastly, um, Jabba, no bother. Okay. All right. Well, I know that that's guy. the news that has been teased. Why don't, you, yes. why don't we go on ahead to our main topic? And now for our feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's good. All right. Uh, we've got the Ahsoka show. It's done. It's over. The finale. We are here to talk about it. Uh, Ahsoka Tano herself was introduced in the 2008 Clone Wars animated film, uh, which was the pilot for the whole series. And that's the only place where she has lived uh, for ages until suddenly we got an appearance in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett and now her own show. Uh, Ahsoka briefly appeared at the conclusion of season one of Rebels. Yeah, it's this episode where she steps up and takes the fight to the Empire. She joins forces with the crew of the Ghost, three of whom, Ezra Bridger, Harrison Dula, and Sabine Wren, also feature in Ahsoka. And, of course, we get Ahsoka Tano and the Magistrate in The Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 13, The Jedi. Uh, And then we get the Ahsoka show. So, overall thoughts, impressions on the show as a whole. What did you like? What didn't you like? What kind of stuck out? Armand, take it away. All right. So, I mean, what I really enjoyed about this series is it's short. It's only eight episodes. And there was no fat on that baby. Like, it was lean. Nothing dragged. Nothing seemed out of place. The pacing was great. And speaking of the pacing, like... I mean, I told you initially, Aaron, like when episode one and two came out, I was like, this has the rhythm. This has the cadence of the prequel trilogy, except as if it had better writing, better dialogue, better actors, better direction, dare I say. Like Dave Filoni just blew my expectations out of the water. I was like, oh my God, this is like watching like the Star Wars prequels as if it was made now. And it was an original story. Like, yeah, I was very, very impressed. Okay. Heather, what did you think? Um, Armand's kind of hard to follow, but I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I overall enjoyed it. Um, shockingly, the parts that I love have nothing to do with Ahsoka. So, <laughs> All right. um, me too. I really enjoyed Hera. Um, I really like Morgan as a character um, and just kind of how she carries herself within this bad guy side of camp. Um, I love the idea of this dark Jedi who might not be so dark kind of a thing. And that complexity is really cool. Um, It's hard not to love all the things that I love, like Chopper and little turtles in suits uh, <laughs> and those little mm-hmm. creatures. But lightsabers were really um, cool in all the fight sequences. Cinematography was really beautiful. They had some really great snapshots you could take from 
the show as well. So um, much like Armand said, Dave Filoni just, I think he has it in his head and for whatever reason, he has the capacity to put it on screen for everyone to see. Um, or I don't think everyone who produces Star Wars content can get it from their brain to cinema. Exactly. All right. Carla, what did you think of Ahsoka? Um, similar sentiments. Um, I thought it was good. Not the greatest, but... Um, I think I think Heather touched on a point that like we've had Filoni in the you know the writer and the director and the producer seat for Mando Book of Boba right like he's been there but this is his this is his baby like this is his thing and it definitely had a different vibe from all of the other shows um especially with the blend of obviously rebels and then your clone wars um stuff that was integrated into it as well um yeah um photography and cinematography was fantastic um and the like the lightsaber fighting felt like the old fighting styles but you still had some of the new newer kind of feel to it um yeah i mean overall i mean we'll get into the nitty-gritty of everything overall i enjoyed it there were some things that kind of made me like oh okay but we'll, we'll get into that so i'd say overall i i i did like watching it and i will be giving it a rewatch so all right yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'd have to say um, easily among the strongest Star Wars content that we've gotten recently, I would say since The Mandalorian. A um, lot to talk about as far as where it might end up. And there, there were, it, for me, it was like very rocky off um, at the beginning as it started, where I wasn't really sure where it was going. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that might be, but... Um, Aside from like some notes, some feedback, some criticism, I really, really enjoyed Ahsoka. I enjoyed watching it by myself and with others, and it is something that I want to watch again, which is always a good sign. Um, that, that's one of the criteria for me. If it's like a good movie or show, like would I spend time watching this again? And because otherwise, it could sometimes just feel like homework, like oh, I had to watch this and now it's out of the way. Like, I never want to have that feeling for like a show or a movie, uh, not least of all Star Wars. So uh, the fact that I want to watch it again, to me, is a pretty good sign. Um, but let, let's let's dive into the meat and potatoes of it. So we talked about the premiere of it. Um, we did not do a mid-season, I don't think. Uh, so we're at the finale. Um, let's talk about some major themes of, of the show. So we had a lot of like death and rebirth as a theme. We had, uh, kind of guilt and dealing with your past as a major theme. Um, any other kind of major themes that really stood out to you that you'd like to dig into? I really liked some of the scenes with Hera and the council, 
and just sort of talking about for me how it felt was um kind of going against the ruling but still sort of playing within the lines for what the greater good was and um and what it means to be part of the rebellion i think is an interesting concept as well sounds good armand i mean so offline you mentioned i mean that this was before the finale um thrawn's return and at this point thrawn did not come back yet on screen um you had a theory and i want to unpack that theory because it goes hand in hand with the whole death and rebirth and specifically for this is resurrection yeah um literally and figuratively figuratively because we've never seen thrawn live action it's been 30 years since he's been introduced in heir to the empire uh the first extended universe book and we see him in the flesh and he has a legion of stormtroopers and Aaron, I would love for you to talk about this because you are on the nose. You perfectly kind of predicted this. No, it wasn't kind of okay. when it happened. I was like, Aaron's happy right now. <laughs> so um, I've talked about it on the show before, but to summarize it, my theory was um, what planet are they heading to Paradia? And I'm like, that's a weird name. That doesn't sound like a Star Wars name. So that turns out to be the name of a genus of moth. And uh, I, I, I just had a hunch about it. So I looked it up. And in Japanese folklore, mythology, uh, moths represent death and rebirth. So I'm like, okay, there's something here. Um, combined with some of the elements that we've seen that seem to correspond with uh, the 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 King Arthur mythology. We have uh, Merak, who is one of the Knights of the Round Table, uh, ends up being an Inquisitor, and he gets basically cut apart, but he's not exactly human. There's some weird black, gray space dust coming out of him. So, that's a little weird. Um, but, of course, we have Lady Morgan, who in Arthurian mythology is uh, the sister of King Arthur. I believe, and uh, she is a sorceress. And a huge part of the Arthur mythos is that King Arthur basically almost dies in a battle, and he disappears to uh, a, a uh, almost a planet, an island of uh, Avalon, where he basically rests there, and Lady Morgan attends to him and basically like tries to bring him back to life. Uh, and then uh, one day King Arthur is set to return, uh, the once and future king. And I'm like, hmm, there seems to be some parallels here with Lady Morgan trying to bring Thrawn back. Uh, so the the Arthurian stuff was more just flavor, it turned out to be, um, that I, I, I think was barking up the wrong tree. But I had a idea that the stormtroopers were all zombies and... Part of that has to do with their appearance. There is a, I can't think of the word right now, but there is a uh, Japanese art form where they will take uh, pottery that is broken and they will use like molten uh, gold to repair the cracks. And so you get these like unique patterns uh, in them as they're 
used to repair the pottery back to, to wholeness. K- and Kintsugi. that's the same kind of... Yes, thank you. And we, we see that same Kitsugi pattern on the Stormtrooper armor. So I'm like, hmm, that's a little odd. Something that's been broken, but put back together again. Death, resurrection. <laughs> and of course, we know the Night Sisters uh, have dealt with resurrection magic before. They've brought back zombies and suddenly it clicked in my brain. And I'm like, oh, Stormtroopers. They're probably zombies. And they're bringing the cargo up from the mausoleum or the, the, the catacombs. And they all look like caskets. So I'm like, okay, he's getting together a zombie army. Uh, so that, that was my theory, and it turned out to be correct. Um, the, the whole King Arthur thing was kind of barking up a wrong tree. But yeah, we, we got zombie stormtroopers for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they did appear in a Legends novel. Um, death I, troopers. Yes. And the OG death troopers. Yeah, that, that, that story was basically like they find a Star Destroyer, I believe, that's kind of like adrift and unaccounted for. And uh, they basically check it out. And there's actually like a zombie virus that's like turned mm-hmm. a bunch of the stormtroopers on board into zombies. Uh, very, very dead space. And, but uh, outside of that, we've never had zombie stormtroopers before. But now here they are. So that that was my whole theory. I'm very happy I was able to read the tea leaves and see what was going to happen. But uh, I, I guess let's talk about that. Death, resurrection, zombies, Ahsoka yes. coming back, Thrawn coming back, Morgan Elspeth, not so much. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's talk. Because we have the thematic resurrection of Lady Morgan, where she, the whole, the, this whole exodus since uh, Mando season two is to go to Thrawn, who is, uh, cut off in another galaxy and she is a follower of the night sisters and then she goes and then when she finally links up with thrawn and the night sisters they ask her would you like to be one of us and in order to do so it looked like she got burned alive killed and then she was reborn as this witch mm-hmm. so we have that going on yeah I also want to point out that the name of the episode is the Jedi, the witch and the warlord, which is a yes. chuckle, reference chuckle. to the Chronicles of Narnia, where we have Aslan, who is uh, uh, killed and then also resurrected. And also has to like make amends with Edmund, who uh, betrayed him. And there's something of a similar scene with um, uh, Ahsoka and Ezra after uh, Ezra comes back. So there's there's a lot going on here. Dave knows his stuff. As we're coming out from the tomb on the third day, yeah, looking like a Jesus. Like there's oh, a lot of like, um, he looks like Moses he's, from Prince of Egypt. He's space Moses. Space Moses. Let my people go, the little turtle people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots of no. death and rebirth going on. Uh, not least of which that? Ahsoka. With uh, the world between worlds, Anakin. Oh my God! What an episode! Oh my God! Quick question: yes. That sword, the blade of Talzin. So I know yeah. Mother Talzin was the mother night sister, right? Mm-hmm. Did you have? Is this the first time we've seen that? Was that I in Clone so. Wars at all? I believe it's the first time we're seeing it. It might have been in Clone okay. Wars, but I think it's 
mostly just like, well, the real reason is Dave is a huge weeb and he wants a katana in Star Wars. <laughs> um, but the the in universe reason, I think Mother Talzin like constructed it at some time, or it's like dedicated to her or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's the first time. Now, for me, I don't watch cartoons. So I oh haven't seen God. the Clone Wars or Rebels or Resistance. You blaspheme in the know. house of the Lord? I'm going to blaspheme. <laughs> what is this blade of... What is it called? The blade of Talzin. Yeah, yeah what's I, the Apparently blade it's a Talzin. new thing. Yeah. Because so, you don't see blades in the Star Wars universe all that much. No. You see lightsabers, see vibro blades, but you don't see like a strap sword. Okay. I stand corrected. It is in uh, Clone Wars. Oh, okay. It was summoned from the ether by Mother Talzin to duel Jedi <laughs> Master Mace Windu during the Clone Wars. Yeah. Is Mace Windu going to come back? <laughs> if your name is Star Wars Theory. <laughs> oh my god. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it is not new. It is uh, from the Clone Wars, as it turns out. There you go. Cool. But what's the significance yeah. of it? Well, just, just the, the fact that she was being, like, resurrected as a night sister, and, like, Mother Talzin is, like, the head poncho. So it's, it's like, an honor for her to receive it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like if you got, like, George Washington's, uh, like, cavalry sword or something. <laughs> okay. Imagine uh, you're seven years star. old. You're seven years old at Disneyland, and you pull the sword out of the stone. <laughs> it's there a big go. deal. I mean, Arthurian legend has a lot of swords in it. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but yes, we have the death and resurrection of the Night yes, Sisters sorry. themselves, because up till now they've been kind of banished from Dathomir or chased off of it, and because of their kind of deal with Thrawn, they're able to return home. So, Aaron, since you know more of this, when Lady Morgan was like, I'm from Dathomir, it's like, mm-hmm. wait, why are you human? Because don't they look not human? Aren't they Darth Maul people? The Zabrak? Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as far as I can remember, the female Zabraks, uh, don't have the the horns if they're on Dathomir. There's like, all right, you have Zabrax, right? Not all of them do. Yeah, you have you have Zabrax. They're from um, ooh, Iridonia. They're from Iridonia, but you have like a subset, uh, a, a subspecies of Zabrak from Dathomir, and that's where Darth Maul comes from. And uh, the the males are all like, uh like slaves to the, to the women. The women have like a matriarchy and I believe nice. the female Zabrax, if they're from Dathomir do not have the horns, but they like they they basically form the, the night sisters. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if uh, she, she does pass for a human quite well, you would, you would say, but, then she gets kind of like that that baptism and becomes the 
the the witches with the with the facial tattoos and everything. What you're telling so, me right now is that she doesn't look human. We look Dathomirian. Oh, it could be. Is that could what you're be. saying right now? Man, I don't know how hu- humans work in Star Wars because, like, I don't even know if they're called human or they're just kind of whatever. <laughs> this is a <laughs> I think this is a rabbit are. hole. I don't want to go down. I think they are. But she does say, like, my ancestors, and it's been a bit. And, like, we don't ever know, like, she never says how old she is, so she could be. That is true. You know? I don't know. Super old. That is true. She's got the sword fighting skills, though. And speaking of sword fighting skills, let's talk about Balin. Let's talk about Shin. Yes. Oh, my God. Balin and Shin... Yes, they were the shining stars for me. I was like, these, this two, these two, they're amazing. Breakout stars. So we have uh, their last names are uh, Skull and Hati, who are Norse gods, I believe, that are kind of like a white wolf and a black wolf. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think their whole mythology is like chasing each other until sunset or sunrise, something like that. One represents like the sun, and the other represents the moon. Yes, that's it. Right. So who's the moon and who's the sun? Would Balin be the sun and Shin be the moon? I believe so. I mean, just just by appearance alone. Because Shin is more unhinged than Balin. Because like, if we're talking about just sword fighting techniques, Balin is very reserved. He is like, essentially like the mountain in Game of Thrones, so he's like this big guy and he has this huge lightsaber while Shin is kind of like Kylo Ren, where mm-hmm. she's like this uh, ferocious force uh, when she was fighting against Sabine. It also parallels too, because like we have Sabine who's the ill-equipped untrained essentially uh, fighter against an unhinged person kind of like Kylo Ren and Ray in a forest. It's like the same thing, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Well, Armand, nice. if you wa- if you watch those two scenes, like Shin and Sabine, like it's almost like very, very, very similar. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Which feeds into my other theory that uh, it, it's kind of a low grade theory, but it's basically like. Uh, Dave Filoni, everything he makes is to try to fix some aspect of Star Wars that came before. <laughs> um, anyway, I have an I answer for you on Skull and Hati. What? So, uh, Skull is an old Norse uh, name that means one who mocks, and Hati is uh, an old Norse name that means one who hates. There are two wolves who are only mentioned in passing references that have to do with their pursuing the sun and moon um, through the sky in hopes of devouring them. At Ragnarok, the downfall of the cosmos, they catch their prey as the sky and earth darken and collapse. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely clear which one of them pursues the sun and which pursues the moon. However, there's a passage from the poem Grimsnesmel which says the following in the relevant stanza. Skull is the name of the wolf who follows the shining priest into the desolate forest. And the other is Hati, Hredvnir's son, who chases the bright pride of the sky. 
The noun used for skull's prey, godi, priest, is masculine. And the noun used for hati's prey, brrrr, is feminine. Since uh, mani, the moon, is male, and soul, the sun, is female, the wording of the stanza strongly suggests that skull hunts the moon and hati the sun. Okay. So what you're telling me right now is that Shin Hati is going to eventually become good while Balin Skull is going to descend into the underworld, become more of a villain. It would seem that way because Balin is dedicated to some kind of higher cause and it seems to do with the destruction of like the cycle of the light and dark side of the force itself. And Shin while fighting Ahsoka and, and, and crew, uh, seems to have like a moment of doubt where like she's almost seduced by the light side. Right. But can we not do that? <laughs> like, we can we please do that? Like, not, like, yeah. Kylo Ren was set up to be the light hero. And eventually he was, I guess, in the final film. But, like, it was very clear that what was being set up in The Force Awakens and also The Last Jedi is that they were going to cross paths as in Rey was going to become evil and then Kylo Ren was going to be good. So if we take that story on your theory, Aaron, if Filoni is trying to remedy all the all the mistakes uh, from J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson and all that then he's probably going to try to tell that story with Shin. I I would guess so, but for for every for every theory that I've had right, I've had like 3 to 5 that have been wrong. So don't bank too heavily on that. I just feel like the whole redemption thing like okay, it's cool, but it's been done so many times in Star Wars. And I don't know, I kind of want to really cool badass female villain like carla massage ventress <laughs> but no you're right i, I get where you're coming from you know what i mean like i i to this day i always say and i'm not gonna like go down this rabbit hole because we could talk about this for hours but like i always thought it would have been so cool if if ray and like you were saying ray and Kylo switched, but because, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Disney's whole thing with, like, female villains, like, it's weird. They didn't have the guts. They can't just, like, there's, I don't know. Please so I, I, I hope that she, I hope that Shin kind of stays in her You want her to be crazy. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> but Carla, I can fix her. <laughs> We can fix her. <laughs> oh, Heather, your thoughts on this? Uh, well, my first thought after the mythology lesson was, I don't want Morgan Freeman to narrate my life. I want Aaron <laughs> Hulian to narrate my life. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Um. Anyway, just just don't have me yeah. try to pronounce Old Norse. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting is I, I like how kind of chaotic Shin is. I, I I like that she's, to me, she's kind of neutral. I don't know that she's necessarily evil, and I don't, and she's definitely not good. I think she just wants power, 
And I don't necessarily think that's a negative. I don't think that's a dark side evil thing. Um, I think she's just (laughs) kind of how I feel about Kylo needing counseling and a hug. I think she just needs to like go through this rebellious teenager phase and be trained with this power and these look how awesome I am at fighting Sabine, you know, Oh, I'm going to take you down and you know, um, that kind of energy I really like because then, um, you know, it, it plays into that what is a powerful woman kind of stance, right? You know, they don't necessarily need this full redemption piece and they don't necessarily need to be the Kylo meme of, you know, more, 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 where it's just killing for the sake of killing. Like, there can be purpose behind it, which is part of the reason I liked Morgan, too, because I feel like she was so calm in her strong this is the cause i believe in and so these are the actions we're going to take and this is why i make the decisions that i make i just don't think shin was there yet i think she's young and she's figuring out this like chaotic nature in her brain um and then i just i don't think balen would have been as cool if it wasn't for the actor whose name i've now forgotten um, ray, ray stevenson thank you um, <laughs> um, there's just something about a few scenes in kind of all the episodes he was in just the way he stood he didn't have to say anything where you're just sort of like oh you sort of just listen to this guy or he clearly holds rank somewhere and he his presence is not one that you ignore so when he does speak you're going to listen to that so now you've got this really eloquent, calm demeanor with this like chaotic energy, which of course we could take the time in a whole other episode about connecting that to all the other, you know, um, masters and apprentices throughout the Star Wars universe. Um, I just, I, yes, I'm, I'm a little bit in Carla's camp. Please let's not do redemption. Um, but I'm also okay if it doesn't go full evil um, either. I think there's a good quality, powerful, you know, this is where I stand. This is what I believe in. And I'm going to hold to that. Well, we can fix her. And I think that's a possibility. <laughs> but... Just given what what she said in this series, she wants power. Like when uh, her and Balin were on the precipice looking out onto the the planet that they're on, um, Balin was talking about how power is cyclical. People rise, people fall, and it goes on and on and on. I want to break that cycle. Because like Shin asked, like, is it our time? Is it time for us to be in control? Mm-hmm. She cares about being in control. That's not that's not a hmm. light side quality. Anybody that's vying for power that I want to be in charge of the galaxy, that's uh that's something that's not gonna be shaken out very easily, if you know what I mean. Right. But in a loving, caring environment, she can be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that's Just probably not gonna happen. 
just needs uh, Mr. Rogers as her as her master, not Balin Skull. <laughs> you know what, Shin? I'm proud of you. Yeah. Hope you know that. <laughs> You're special just the way you are. Isn't that right, Daniel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay to feel sad sometimes. Uh, Heather, to your point, um, some of the one of the big reasons that these two characters are so compelling is that they're not Jedi or Sith. They're just kind of out on their own doing their own thing. And that's just pretty refreshing because um, I don't think with Star Wars you can get away from that kind of core tension between like the light side and the dark side. But it's always Mm -hmm. interesting when you get a bit of a twist on that formula. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very refreshing. Like, cause we haven't really seen force users like this in like the main story. And I mean like the movies, uh, TV show, like it's, it's all over extended universe. Almost every book has a gray Jedi or a fallen Jedi, dark Jedi. But it's it's refreshing to have them come to life in such a very unique way. Like you said, Heather, where we had this stoic master figure that, you know, has rank and honestly, a really good actor. That's what happens when you have good actors in this stuff. Like they, they just outact everybody just by talking. And mm-hmm. we have this ball of energy, this like chaotic force. Uh, so it's like, it's a good juxtaposition between like order and chaos. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about their dynamic is at the end, he leaves her. He was like, you know what? This is your motivation. You want to rule. I don't care about that. I want something more. And we're left on the cliffhanger of what that could be. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But yeah, um, he demonstrates a lot of trust in Shin that she can handle herself and do her own thing. And he it's has respect. like a, a higher calling. Yeah, he respects her. Yeah. That's, that's a not, good it's dynamic. It's like Obi-Wan like, kind of wagging his finger at Anakin all the time. <laughs> Anakin, we don't do that. No, don't do Anakin. that. Don't do that. Yep. <laughs> and he was a good friend. <laughs> um can we can we talk about like what they're gonna do with Balin now? Like do they recast? Do they try to do some no. CGI crap? No. Out of what, respect, how do they move forward? Out of respect for Ray Stevenson, recast the character. Mm. You can't just write off the character. Like he put in so much of him energy into the character, like clearly there's a long story to be told with this character. And I think it would be a disservice, a dishonor to Ray Stevenson to just write off the character. Just recast him. Hmm. There's plenty of dudes that look like him. Yeah, I've seen uh, Leave Schreiber. His name kind of floated around a lot as far as like a, a fan recast of him. I think that might be a good way to go. Because in Game of Thrones, they recasted main people. They recasted mm-hmm. the mountain like three times. They recasted <laughs> Dario, who's the love interest of Daenerys Targaryen, mm-hmm. like between seasons. So it's totally possible. I would agree. And I would extend that to other characters as well, because I don't know why it is, but Star Wars as a fandom seems to be like so 
closely tied to specific actors in specific roles. And I, I don't know if this is like a Disney Lucasfilm kind of thing or even like a George Lucas kind of thing um, or like just a, a fan kind of preoccupation with it. But um, like you said, with Game of Thrones, recasting of characters is actually quite common. And it's kind of weird that Star Wars is so resistant to that. I understand like not recasting the main people like Luke or Leia or Han, but like we have these ancillary characters where you could recast them and a general person watching the show probably won't notice. Well, to your point, um, they recast Obi-Wan when they needed him to be younger. Uh, and Ewan McGregor kind of stepped up to the plate and was fantastic with that. And I think if they're bringing Thrawn back in and he's going to be the kind of Thanos level villain for Star Wars, I think they're going to need Luke and Han and Lando and Princess Leia. They're going to need some like some big gun help. Um, And I think they should just recast him. I think I know what they're going to do, Aaron. Oh, they're not going to recast They've been testing out this uh, digital mask. Oh, for... no. It started with uh, Rogue One with uh, Tarkin and uh, Princess mm-hmm. Leia. So they're testing out this technology. And now we have the recent uh, Dial of Destiny with uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. And it looked pretty good. It looked really good. There's some okay. moments where I'm like, eh, almost, but like 90% of it looked Awesome. So, like, they're pretty close to perfecting that tech. I think they're doing it to test it so they can implement it in Star Wars. To have a young Luke, which we already have. To have a young Han, Lando, bring Leia back. To do an Era of the Empire movie. Dang. Mm. Big if true. I, I like that, but I don't like it at the same time. It's icky. It's, I don't know. Because I, I feel like when you, you have those moments, right? Like the end of Rogue One, I was screaming, right? Screaming. <laughs> screaming. And then. Screaming, crying, throwing up. Yes. All, all in a good way. Yes. <laughs> and then. You know, end of Mando season two. Who saw that coming? Right again, screaming, Amazing. crying, throwing up. <laughs> but then, but then with Book of Boba Fett, they brought him. They brought Luke back, and it was just like Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. Because like need... he was shoehorned in Boba Fett's like, story. Like, do we you need know? to see more of this? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I want to like it, but there's something deep in my, deep in my soul. It's... <laughs> mm. I think the yes. worry, right? The worry is, oh, look, we have this technology. Let's just use it. And I, I think that's, it's, yes, the end of Rogue One, we get this beautiful portrayal of young Leia. It's it's the smallest bit. It's the connection point. It's less than 30 seconds on screen. Bada bing, bada boom. Use it. If we're going to use this technology to, like, bring back characters for, like, on-screen dialogues and dramas just to fill in, that's where I start to worry. It doesn't bode well with the current writers and actors strike, that going on, the kind of comments that uh, Bob Iger has made uh, during that whole debacle and... The, the the kind of financial knot that Disney is trying to untangle. Um yeah, I it 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 doesn't sit well with me. I can't like point to chapter and verse on like why it 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 it's it's a great big bad thing because uh I, I think it can be used for good purposes, but um something stinks about it. I don't I I, I don't like it. I, I would much rather we just recast and that just saves everybody a ton of heartache. Um, I know Aaron. it's not, we, we don't like saying goodbye to beloved actors and, and things like that, or seeing them or seeing beloved characters in a slightly different way, but we're also adults. We can get over it. Um, they, they, they need to trust their audience a bit more. I, I was going to say, if they did go that route, right. You bring back your your OG trio. I I personally would be in the camp of bringing what's his name in to do Han Solo again. Oh, uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, I thought. And again, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. I thought he <laughs> did a good job, and I think it was again because he wasn't doing a an impression. Right, he brought his own his own taste, his own flavor to it while yeah. still, you know, channeling those elements of Harrison Ford. And I thought it worked. So if they wanted to bring him back and maybe you want to do a little bit of something going on, like, okay, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just still a weird, I think because our brains know, like, that's not, that's not that person. Right? Like, you've seen this character so many times and it's so ingrained in, like, our culture that when they bring them in in this new way, you're like, hold on. My brain is telling me it's supposed to look like this, but it doesn't. So it it's creeping me out. Right. Well, it's when you see, you know, why is Harry Potter in this movie? Or why is, you know, Frodo in this movie? Oh, yeah. Like, Elijah Wood will just, never be anything else. I think that's right. Some people are just going to be those characters. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he looks the same, by the way. But Aaron, 
doesn't age. What makes the world go round? Money. Money. Yeah. Now think about now think about it from a financial point of view. We have uh, Dave Filoni, who probably proposed this to the higher ups at Lucasfilm, and then Lucasfilm higher ups present this to Disney uh, stakeholders. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we have this grand plan of like telling the Star Wars story. And at the end of it, we're going to have a film, maybe a couple films, where we bring back the original actors of Star Wars as they appeared in the 1980s. Hmm. And Disney was like, oh, my God. When can this be done? <laughs> Don't worry. We'll work on the tech to bring this to fruition. Yeah, I, I totally think that's how they presented it. It's like, they're not making this show for nothing. They're not doing this for no reason. Yeah, they're telling a story, but they're also building up to something. And what that something is is probably this grandiose big finale. And if you're going to have this grandiose big finale, go all the way. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring back. We're going to see Harrison Ford, young, Grizzly Mark Hamill, young. Princess Leia is going to be there. But hopefully they're going to be reserved and just have them be like, oh, it's a short short scene here and there. One would think, and to to their credit, I'm I'm glad they had some restraint and did not have like a CGI Leia showing up at the, at the, at the meeting. Um, They just had Anthony, Anthony Daniels can deliver a message like, good, that's fine. You didn't ruin it. (laughs) Back in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I, am I don't know if I was the only one here who wondered this, but um, his posture was so weird that I'm like, was this actually Anthony Daniels in the suit? Did Chris Bartlett it, just like have an off day or something? And no, I, I looked had, it up. Yeah. And I think that was him. It was actually Anthony Daniels. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's just old and his back hurts or something. Because <laughs> um, funnily it's enough, I, well, I looked into it and Chris Bartlett was the 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 guy in the suit for c3po for book of boba fett mm-hmm. and he had like perfect posture so i don't know that was weird anyway um i i guess let's talk about like where where is ahsoka going where where is it leading to um we've got the ending we've got we know we've got three movies in the pipeline maybe anything can be canceled at any time um predictions for what might happen there is a continuation to the story in some way shape or form whether it's season two or another show mm-hmm. it's called ezra who knows yeah they're not just gonna dump all that off at the end and be like hey well whatever <laughs> you yeah, know because where are we we have thrawn returning to the main galaxy to bring mm-hmm. back the empire yep and um, we have Sabine and Ahsoka seemingly trapped in this other galaxy with no intention of returning, it seems like. Ezra is back with the Rebel fleet, and Balin is on the cliff for his cliffhanger, looking for the truth. <laughs> and He's on the Argonauts. Yeah. Yep. We have Shin Hadi. Uh, with uh, the mercenaries, I guess. The bandits. Yeah. 
Okay. So, uh, I th- there. First of all, all the Clone Wars fans are going nuts after the last episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> huge implications as far as like the Mortis trilogy and what that means because we got the father and the son, the daughter. Like part of the sculpture is there, but like her gone. head's removed. Um, what we know does that. that mean? I mean, we know. Uh, Paradia is the. <laughs> we know it's the home world of the Night Sisters. So my interpretation was that that statue was uh, defaced. Um, but she also shows up in form of the owl, which that's usually symbolic. That basically shows up near Ahsoka whenever mm-hmm. Ahsoka is like where she needs to be. We More got Anakin eye, right? as a Force ghost again. Morai is the bird's name. I cried when I, I saw believe Hayden. so. Yeah, uh, which is kind of like the reincarnated uh, daughter. Um, yeah, and and Balin, he's looking out, and like way in the distance, there's like a pillar of light somewhere coming like off of a mountain. So I have no idea what what that means, but I just know it's something hugely okay, significant no. to the Force. It's a giant holocron. Uh, I mean, it's, Todd. Could... it's the quest marker. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling it has to do with the nature of the force itself. If it's not like a huge wellspring of force energy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to refer back to, as I always do, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. In Knights of the Old, Old Republic 2, we have a uh, character there named Kreia. And she has a very interesting philosophy on the force. She basically takes like a uh, like a Nietzschean Ubermensch uh, perspective on it, where she's basically like, look, the force seems to have a will of its own. It seems to pick people for certain destinies to be chosen ones. And uh, it seems to like pick bad guys to rise up and good guys to rise up and defeat them but leaving trillions of people dead in its wake and that's not good because this is a cycle that keeps repeating over and over again and you know what screw the force i want to kill the force and her mission is to kill the force (laughs) or at least like try to find a way to stop people from needing to rely on it she sees like both the jedi and the sith their reliance on the force as a weakness and like a truly powerful person would like not need the force at all. And she kind of hates herself because like she needs to rely on the force as well, but she's like philosophically opposed to, it. and she's like, if there's a way to kill the force, I want to find it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's reflected in Balin's quest where he's like the light side and dark side keep coming and going and just, countless massacres all over the all over the place let's put a stop to that and i think whatever that pillar of light is is kind of core to his uh his quest there to kind of snuff it out i think that tracks because like i really hope that they go that direction because this whole series, we've seen things that we've never seen, in my opinion, in Star Wars before. And one of my favorite sequences 
was with the star map uh, because like there's these ruins and like they do like dark magic to conjure up the star map to see where the other galaxy is. And then as they're doing it, it has the aesthetic of like Wolfenstein with the paranormal mm-hmm. division of the SS or like uh, Hellboy in the beginning where it's World War II and they're trying to open yeah. the portal to conjure some Lovecraftian monster. We have like, so if the Empire are like Nazis, why not show the Nazi paranormal science that goes along Ooh. with it where they're kind of throwing up like the dead or Ooh. like some mystical mysticism in there. So we have that finally in Star Wars. So it would make sense that also we're going to have the source, whatever this is, of the force that creates the force. The It's kind of like trying to find God. It's like, okay, what is the creative force of this galaxy, of this universe that provides this energy that surrounds us, penetrates us, creates the world? Like, he's trying to find the source and he might be along the path. So hopefully we go that direction. It'd be cool. I did, I did like, um, it was very, like, very subtle, but I did like the little flares of Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, like, thrown Mm -hmm. in, Um, especially that first episode when she's in that temple. It's like, ah, I I could see Cal Kestis doing this. This is great. Yeah. Love it. Um, And then that, that wall that they come to. They had all of the glyphics, hieroglyphics, not hieroglyphics, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Aaron knows yeah, all the translations. Uh, that's from uh, uh, what's the planet? That's the from planet the that I can. The, thank you. The planet I was going to say could never get off because we're in circles. Uh, yeah, Zepho. Zepho. Uh, I have so. a translation. Ooh. Give me a second to find it. I told you. But yeah, someone uh, translated all that. Of course. Uh, it so yeah, you're talking about like the wall of the kind of catacombs. Um, yeah, that and it's Thrawn like is big... at. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone translated it as uh, "Praise Kujet, ruler of all. May his reign last for all." And it kind of trails off at that point. Kujet is one of the kind of major Zepho characters that like. You kind of rummage around in his tomb. He's like long dead, or so they say. And uh, his whole deal was like, out of the three major Zepho rulers, he was the one who kind of like broke off from the rest. It kind of took like a contingent of Zepho with him. And he was basically like this like evil schemer who tried to reform Zepho society around himself and kind of like him as like the tyrant and the figurehead of it. And then his like mighty empire ended up just like crumbling down into dust. Um, so I thought that was uh, an indicator. We were going to get some like Zepho action with this, with this show, but uh, maybe, maybe not. I just feel like I have a very different reaction to <laughs> the season finale and where it's going. Sure. And I'm wondering um, if it has to do with, um, much like our friend Armand, I've not completed all of Clone Wars and I haven't seen Rebels. 
Um, I don't know all of the lures of all the other, you know, books and video games and such. But for me, it felt very like high energy and lots of fighting and, you know, Thrawn getting away and all of these things and, you know, night sisters who look just scary enough to be scary, but not scary enough to cause nightmares kind of level. And, um, when it ended, I was like, so Ezra got back home, but he's now without the two people who rescued him. Thrawn's going back and now he's no longer isolated. You've got two other people who are basically now off on their own with no real plans for anything that we know of. And then your main character, who's now stuck on the same island with this apprentice. So basically, we're just going to have them train in the wilderness, much like Yoda and Luke. And then you've got these the bad guy who's going to destroy the world. So now we've got to get the people out of the exile back to save that. And it just feels like, wah, wah. Like, haven't we had this story before? Wah, wah. <laughs> And so, Welcome to Star I Wars, like Heather. I, I thank you. Okay, like it's good to be here. We so have, I, was like, uh, I feel like I'm missing something. What's missing is the next part is going to be the return of the Jedi. Literally, the Jedi are going to return back to the galaxy because this is similar to the ending of Empire Strikes Back where we have our heroes uh, fragmented, disbanded. They're all spread mm-hmm. out. So the Empire seems to win, which is what happened. You know, Thrawn goes back to the main galaxy, says, Long live the Empire. He's going to, he's the returning king. He's going to re- bring thing. back the glory of the Empire. Yep. He said it. Oh, so it in the next the season Empire. or whatever the next part of the story is, we're going to have our heroes, Ahsoka with Sabine. Sabine's mm-hmm. probably going to be more equipped, more right. of a Jedi Knight more trained and they're going to come back to the galaxy and maybe Shin is going to come back hopefully uh, as well. So. Yeah, Heather, I, I agree. I, I didn't dislike banding, but I, I don't know if it was because it was kind of a, like a snowball of the fact that smack in the middle of this show, right? You have this epic episode that we've all been waiting to see, right? Live, live Clone Wars, Ahsoka, Anakin reunited. Um, And I felt like because that came before Thrawn's reveal, for me, Thrawn's reveal, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, right. There he is. is. Cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Because, right, that was the big hype. Thrawn. Thrawn is here. He's coming back. And it just fell a little short for me. It felt like following up for that been. episode. Like, maybe uh-huh. if they had spaced it out a little bit, like, maybe not make it right after that, you know, banger of an episode, maybe just put something in between and then bring uh-huh. it out. I maybe it would have felt a little different, but you know everybody's riding on this, you know this high of oh my god, I get it, that's so 
Hey, I have a clothes. And then, oh, yeah, wait, fraud's here. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, or it's just a series of awesome stuff. No, I mean, it was cool. It's, it's very cool. Thrawn coming. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I don't know Death if you guys have not. read the new Thrawn books. I read the first one. And we did on WSDR back in the day. Yeah. It's an interesting blend because I know they have to draw in from his part in Rebels. But it's interesting knowing what you know from Timothy Zahn's new books and bringing that in, like especially the, you know, when he finds out their <laughs> master is Anakin. <laughs> The mm-hmm. memes, the memes are gold. By the way, uh, <laughs> and he's just like silently panicking, like you know, you can see it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I like this blend that they're bringing in of yeah. both, both, uh, you know, stories of Thrawn. But yeah, I, that was that was, I think, the biggest hiccup for me was just that pacing because Thrawn's cool. He's not like any other villain that we've seen. And because he's not a big baddie, right? Like Darth Vader, you know, right. coming down that hallway and you're like, oh, you know, you're cowering. He's more just like, he's Van Damme. Like he's cool. He's collect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's not intimidating in the conventional sense. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, I feel like that's maybe why for me, I was just kind of like, oh, Oh yeah, he's here. Cool, right? Well, and he's I like wonder. Napoleon. I wonder if yeah. Disney has just trained me, as Disney does, where it just felt like you have this big moment, right? And are they going to make the jump? Or are they not going to make the jump? And then sword fighting and the whole what have you, you know. Um, I do need to take thirty seconds though. The best part of this ending is the fact that Chopper knew <laughs> it was Ezra. Yep. So mad props to the droids. But, you know, that would, would have been interesting. And then I was like, okay, so where's Thrawn? Check. We've told you we're ch- his. We've Check. We'll show you Ezra. Check. We'll show you this person. And it just felt like it would have been cool if the momentum kind of came to a slightly smaller moment and you actually ended the episode and then... I'm a girl who loves a post-credit scene, you know what I'm saying? But like, it'd be a, it would have been interesting if then they kind of came back into it slightly differently. Um, it just felt like I was on this roller coaster ride, and then oh wait, here's all this other important information as we bring you back into the. I don't know. Sorry, the more that you guys have been talking, I'm like, I know that I enjoyed the ending. <laughs> That's fine if you didn't. So, On the record, yeah, I love the like, ending. I, 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 I know what you're saying, Heather. Like, it's like it's good, yeah. but then you're like, wait, but, hold on, but, hold on, wait a minute. Think- it's not good. It's great. <laughs> you're right. I, that's why it I think a second rewatch is in order sure. because you always view it differently. You know, second time around. So yeah, maybe it, maybe mm-hmm. it'll change. After knowing what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because normally I feel like the ending of a show, you're like, oh, right. and like, yeah. I just, and I think because it's 
you know, Armand, I think you said it's a brand new story, right? There's no expectations of what's to come. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's probably why it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Same yeah. thing with Mando season three. You're just kind of like, okay, he's living in a hut with Grogu. Cool. What's yeah, going to happen? Lame. That was right. lame AF. <laughs> I was going to joke like, did you want that for the ending of this show? Just Ahsoka, just leaning back on her <laughs> Costco Adirondack. <laughs> With the uh, Looney Tunes uh, vignettes to end it. That's Chopper, all, folks. Chopper comes in. Wait, wait, wait. That's all, folks. But then it's Chopper and his That's your ideal ending. Sorry. The Force Ghost at the end, though. Yes. I yeah, that's pretty good. That was, yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think a lot of the pacing issues from this show comes from the fact that this started as a movie script and then was expanded out into an eight episode mm-hmm. show. They did that with Kenobi. Yeah. Why are they doing this? Oh, because they money. want those D plus. Why you do this? It's just that's two months right there. It's just disappointing because, like, while I think the Ahsoka series was good, like, like I said, no fat. It was just except on Thrawn. Like, there was <laughs> you no... leave him alone. Don't you dare! You leave that man alone, or but I will come I know over my there. Boy is 70. I know my boy is seventy. But come on, man! And he's killing it. He's killing it. I was like, All right, and I was like, oh. Just play that gif of him like doing martial arts fighting with droids. I don't want that. God, please no. <laughs> Anyways, there was there, it was it was a lean series, but the Kenobi wasn't. There was many times I'm like, what am I watching? Because that yeah. was supposed to be a movie, and they're like, let's turn it into eight episodes or however long it was. And it's like, why? Money. They want those, yeah. Because Disney Plus is uh, it's just hemorrhaging money, and mm-hmm. they're trying to recoup it. And like, I get it, Disney, do what you got to do to make money. But it's like, it's just sad because like I just hate it because like the original creative project it was supposed to be a film, and then someone's like, it's turned into a show. That's two different mediums. One is like it's a film. 90 minutes, two hours, and let's stretch it out to a long format storytelling. It's like, that's not going to work all the time. Case mm-hmm. in point was Kenobi. Yeah. There's moments where it was awesome, but there's moments where it's like, this is lame. I don't want to see 10 year old outrun grown ass men, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what but am I course. watching? Uh, but yeah, to your point, um, like TV and and film have a lot of overlap, but they, as far as story structure goes, it's very different and you have to write for that structure. If you're going to have a good series, um, we have like three films coming up that this could be leading to. We've got one that's like 
Dave Filoni directed. It's going to be the 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 grand finale, going to show down with Thrawn, the end game of Star Wars. Um, we've got one that's focusing on Rey, and we've got one that is like ancient proto Jedi, like start of everything kind of movie. Very cool. Very cool. Um, <laughs> how do you imagine those movies lining up with Ahsoka? Like, is it is all are all three of them going to line up in some way? Is it just the 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 Thrawn uh, kind of endgame one? What are we thinking? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Just the Thrawn. I think the other two are going to be its own thing. Because the Ray one is obviously a sequel to episode nine. It's just a continuation of that. Because it's going to be Ray building out the... Jedi order. Cool. And then we have like ancient old Republic hundreds of years before where we are right now. So I don't think there's going to be any connection. Maybe it's a Balin story with like the, the origins of the force, if we're correct. But that's what I'm thinking. I think that's about it. Okay. Heather, any thoughts on the movie tie-ins? Um, I feel like I have to agree. I don't know why the Ray movie would connect it all. Um, unless they're bringing up Skywalker and then they're going to bring up Anakin Skywalker. But that seems like a long stretch. Ruin everything. And ruin everything. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So (laughs) without being too far ahead. Yeah. So, and then this ancient movie, I, I don't know anything about. Nobody does. There's a leaked trailer. No idea. I don't know how to respond. Did you see it? Are, I think you're talking about the acolyte. It's in the Seneca Discord channel. Seneca.com forward slash Discord. <laughs> That's the acolyte. That's something different. So. Oh, uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But basically, in that response, if Filoni is doing, excuse me. <clears throat> You're excused this doing, time. Thank you. I'll try not to do it again. You're excused. Um, yeah, so I if the Thrawn movie is being done by Filoni and Filoni loves and owns Ahsoka, I, I think it would be stupid of him to not somehow put his two, you know, creations together. He'll do it in Hear some really Filoni. smart way. Heather thinks you're stupid. <laughs> Stupid. He, I mean, I didn't say he he was stupid. He has the potential to be stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking, hoping, praying that the uh, 
kind of ancient proto Jedi movie will have some kind of uh, tie in to the whole Mortis trilogy arc, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. I mean, the daughter. Um, I and but most likely it's going to be like end game kind of movie with uh, with Thrawn and Co. Um, and I hope it's a movie. I hope they don't. Uh, I, I I like the TV show format, but only if it's written for that. And I hope it's not dragged out into that. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like anything can happen, anything can be canceled, and we know Disney has canceled more Star Wars than it's actually made. Um, so these three movies may not even happen. I don't know. Uh, any kind of closing thoughts on Ahsoka? I thought it was incredible. It was refreshing. And I look forward to the continuation of all these stories. We have Thrawn in the flesh. My boy. The best guy ever made. I just hope Timothy Zahn has some sort of creative input. I just want him on the council. I think I think uh, Filoni said that they conversed. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. I had. I think I read about it somewhere. I trust Filoni. Yeah. He is the new George Lucas, and every apprentice outgrows the master. <laughs> he is. He is telling stronger stories than George Lucas. I'll tell it. I'll say it right now. <laughs> now it's a bold claim, but every child must outgrow their parents, and Dave Filoni is doing that. I trust him with Star Wars, so I look forward to whatever's next for these people. Awesome. Carla? Um, I'd give it a B plus, B plus rating. Um, again, not my, not my, not my favorite. Because, like, if you look at all of the new stuff collectively... To me, Mando season one is still peak. Like TV shows, TV shows, films, films aside. Um, like it was just, you know, perfect, new, whatever. Um, and again, like Filoni's been involved, but because this is his, this is his little thing, right? This is his, his child. It just had this different vibe to it. And again, my feelings might change through a second through watch through. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. And maybe because I, like I've watched Clone Wars, I've watched Rebels, but because those don't send me, right? <laughs> Is that the term mm-hmm. that the kids are using? Those don't send me. So like, yeah, it was exciting to see the live action part of Anna Canada. So like that was that's cool. But I can imagine for the diehard fans of all of the animated stuff that this must be like like this is their thing, you know? Um it's very fire, no cap. Yeah. <laughs> so overall enjoyed it. Um had a few little qualms here and there, but not enough to say not enough to say it sucked. So, okay, Heather. Um, yeah, I think I will wrap it up in my opinions like such. 
cats, <laughs> droids, some good lightsaber fights, mm-hmm. magical zombie troopers. What more could you ask for? <laughs> David Tennant was in it. Doctor Who. David Tennant yeah. was in it. I mean, I, I mean, I think Ooh, we. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in the finale. The overall series when when um, he started going with, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, and started telling that story. You're you're like, okay, screw it all up. It's fine. <laughs> this part is good. Like this is fine. Um, and so, so basically, what I shared was like. There was so many good nuggets, you know, that it kind of makes it good. We are Star Wars fans. We will nitpick it to death and find all the things we don't like because that's what we do. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. Lots of great nuggets. Definitely a lot of things that make me want to watch other things and learn other parts of Star Wars. And so for me, that means it's good content. Excellent. Uh, yeah, this this was a winner for me. It has its issues for sure. Um, and I... There, there's always like some parts of it that I just want to like tweak and fix and things like that. But um, in the grand scheme of things, comparing it to things like the Obi-Wan show, Book of Boba Fett, like this is head and shoulders above a lot of them. Um, and... It 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 makes me excited for more Star Wars, and I will always I will always take that because uh, after like uh, after like the Rise of Skywalker and making me not want to watch Star Wars anymore, <laughs> um, to get something like this to 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 get me to spin my wheels about like theories about what's going to happen and actually like look forward to the next week and what comes after the show like that's that's an achievement in my book um maybe i'm just getting older and more cynical and just not as excited about things anymore but that's where i'm at okay uh we've been at this for an hour and a half almost at this point so uh let's go ahead and jump to the twitter trash compactor get in there you big boy Okay, Carla, take it away. All right. Well, since we're on the theme of the Ahsoka finale, it's only fitting that we threw it out to the Twitterverse um, and we asked our followers uh, what were their first impressions of the Ahsoka finale? Um, Four choices. Uh, Holy Force. (laughs) Holy Force. Great, meh, and who's Ahsoka? And if you're responding who's Ahsoka, then what are you, why are you listening to us? Uh, Did you misspell Ahsoka too? Ashoka. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so no write-ins. Everybody just straight voted. Um, It looks like most most people thought Holy Force. They really liked it. Um, so they're in they're in Armand's camp over there. Holy yeah. diver. 
then we had uh, Neh was second up, so feeling that was Carla. Feeling feeling mean Heather's vibes. Uh, and twenty percent said great. That's at Aaron's camp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nobody, nobody said who's the Soko, so that's good. <laughs> okay. Thank God. That would be, that would be troubling. <laughs> that would be um, Where's the Archer? Yeah. So overall positive, positive feedback, which is, which is always, always good. So we like that. Right on. Okay. That's it for the Twitter trash compactor, or should I say X trash compactor? Uh, let's go ahead to news of the week. <laughs> and now the Star Wars news of the week. All right, Heather, all you. Yeah. Okay, I'm on it. Let's do it. All right. My first news item is coming from Polygon.com, and the headline reads: "All the Ahsoka season two news we've heard so far." So. Ahsoka and Sabine's adventure may not be wrapping up in just one season. Shocking. So this live action outing took um, our dear Ahsoka to some surprising places, the world between worlds, an entire new galaxy. And can this story really be wrapped up in just one season? Um, Star Wars shows have often been pretty flexible with, you know, who shows up Regardless of the title, should it be Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian Season 2.5? So to keep you up to date on the Star Wars universe, here's everything you need to know about Season 2 and whether or not it's actually happening. So let's start by saying it kind of seems like it. So the first season of the show tells this this complete story. Um, we learn how Ezra and Thrawn get back to the main Star Wars galaxy. You know, we've kind of run through all of this. But with all this narrative still on the table, it seems like Ahsoka will be back for another season. We won't know for sure, because Disney hasn't actually released any official word here, right? We talked through all of this. Ahsoka, Sabine, different planet, First Order's rise, what's going on? Is it happening? And if it's not happening at all, we don't even have a time frame for this. We do know there's other Star Wars projects coming out. Um, the Acolyte schedule is 2024. Um, so we've got potentially, um, based on this year's releases, it seems that Disney would be willing to let the Mandalorian and Ahsoka seasons release in the same year, maybe looking at 2025. Um We've got Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which is going to be a new Disney Plus um, show, end of 23, early 24. I mean, there's just so much up in the air. Is it going to be a movie? Is it going to be a show? What's going on? And then, of course, like any good news story, Disney basically says, hey, if you're still waiting for information, why don't you watch the animated series to fill in those gaps you don't know about with your (laughs) Disney Plus subscription? Consume product, then get excited for next product. Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited. So I'm not sure exactly what kind of news to share other than 
there may be a second season. They've definitely set up for one. Was this a clickbait article? Might could be. It's Polygon. Everything we know. It's Polygon. Nothing. <laughs> Thanks for looking at the ads. Well, they. I have a feeling they would have said something were it not for the actors and writers strike going on right now. They probably have to get that resolved first. Isn't it resolved? Uh, The writers union reached a deal, but the actors have not. Uh, I think the writers deal, they still have to vote on or ratify or something like that. I guess we wait and see. A lot of question marks. Yeah. What else we got, Heather? All right. Well, Forbes.com is our next news item um, house of information. Um, And that is one Star Wars Rebels design choice is making Ahsoka hard on the eyes. Oh, my God. I know. Can you even believe it? Um, So it's been um, quite the ride watching the latest Star Wars show. First few episodes were simply not very good, filled with janky dialogue, poor pacing, and oddly wooden characters. Of Does course, Carla outside of Balin and Shin. So let's just get things straight here, shall we? Um, but then something changed. Around episode four, the pacing picked up, action got a little bit better. Oh, yeah, that Anakin guy returned. Um, so <laughs> it also seems like Ahsoka lightened up a little bit, you know, um, because the weird wooden performance of Rosario, you know, wasn't really working for people. But, you know, apparently she can smile and laugh and it's all very exciting. You okay Um, there, Armand? (laughs) This is a a headpiece. Oh, Oh my God. But there's still one thing driving this writer crazy. And I know I may come across as a terrible picker of nits here, but I can't help it. The show's design team has done their um, best to make our heroes look like their cartoon versions. Um, but you can see the cartoon Hera side by side with the live action version played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, they sure do look alike, the attention to detail. Um, but I'm speaking about the contact lenses. They've given every character the same eye color as their animated counterparts. And let's be honest, it looks bad. <laughs> so Mary Elizabeth has these lovely brown eyes, but thanks to, you know, those contacts, it's just not looking great. Did anyone else have a strong feeling about the, uh, the visuals here? It looks like or this writer this just... was looking for something to complain about. Oh, no. The only character I noticed right off the bat was Ezra, but then I remembered, oh, wait, no, he's got bright blue eyes. Yeah. So, and like, it's sci fi fantasy, people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, the article does go on to talk about Ahsoka and the fact that she's wearing these bright blue contacts. And of course, you know, our favorite blue friend with his red contacts in Thrawn. Um, so definitely, you know, there's just some comments here and I, I think we do kind of have to nail it on the head of, are we just finding things to, uh, be annoyed about? Yes. 
Okay, great. Check. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was noticeable that Hera's eyes were like really green, and uh, mm-hmm. Soka's eyes were really blue. But that's kind of the point. I don't know. I it, it was not yeah. it was not distracting to me in the way that it seems to be for um, Eric Kane. That was a man. Yeah. Telling the yeah, ladies how to look. Yeah, exactly. Through his male gaze. <laughs> well, tell her your eyes, Eric. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just be thankful he was not talking about Hera's behind. All right, oh. moving on to our next news But <laughs> Have you seen Kim's behind, Mr. Kim? <laughs> I watch it for the plot. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I should not have walked into that, but I did. So let's get on to our next <laughs> news item. I walked into that. Hey, yo. <laughs> no, Tilly, um, you can't go out. Tolliter.com. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. Um, the headline. <laughs> <laughs> I have lost control of this group. Um, Disney shouldn't have shelved. Guillermo del Toro's I, I was trying to be good that didn't work um his Star Wars movie so um Mr. Toro had teamed up here with David S. Goyer for an epic idea oh my so God. there was a brief period of time after the rise of Star Wars franchise were first sold to Walt Disney Pictures where it seemed the possibilities were endless with talented filmmakers um, helming new installments of the franchise that any director had the potential to play in that galaxy far, far away. Unfortunately, things changed rather quickly. Um, Directors like Josh Trank and Colin Trevorrow uh, were fired from their projects and a number of filmmakers had their um, announced projects permanently sent to the developmental hell. Um, in a recent interview with Happy Sad Confused Podcast, um, the Batman Begins screenwriter, uh, this Goyer, revealed that he had developed a project uh, with uh, Toro, oh, and cool. details about their project are secretive. Thanks to some messages on X, aka Twitter, um, wow. there's some suggestions of which character was about to be showcased. And that character was none other than Mr. Hutt, a.k.a. Jabba. So I'm going to stop the news right now and say, do we want a Jabba the Hutt movie? There's a, ooh, no. Carlos, there's a, there's a, ooh, ooh, Armand looks like he's not doing okay either. No, I mean, if we're talking about watching it for the plot, <laughs> who better than... <laughs> Job of the hut. <laughs> oh my goodness, Doc. Yeah, I want that. I would have been daddy. Because if you speak English, the whole movie's going to be. You had my intention. You had my intention. What the hell is this? And you can oh, only imagine man. what so, that'd be like if. It, Guillermo del Toro. Tor- right. Yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. He'd probably have a love interest. Probably one of his slaves would be his love interest. It'd be like 
the shape of water instead of the, the shape of Java. There you go. That's the title. The shape of Jabba. The, the shape, shape of, Jabba. of Jabba. Shape of Jabba. Oh my goodness. Release so... the shape of Jabba. <laughs> we want the Jabba cuts. <laughs> it's a very interesting article. Yeah. They definitely speak to um Del Toro's, you know, aptitude for, you know, effects and sort of how he, you know, likes to center on misunderstood monsters so yeah you think Jabba had a lady he does have a lady doesn't he he? several ladies several ladies yeah I know but if you're reading the from a certain point of view book oh what yeah so all of that to say I I'm okay that that movie didn't get made. <laughs> that just so, sounds dumb. Anyway, but no wonder that's Disney was all like, the news you know, I have to share. So, all right, that means it's time for Cantina Chat. All right, the part of the show where we talk about everything geeky and weird going on with our lives. Carla, what is geeky and weird with you? I'm up first. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been reading from a certain point of view. Uh, nice. And I'm working through it. Working through it. Pretty good. Um, those books are fun because you don't need to take them super seriously, and they just give you these little, little nuggets, these little inserts behind the you know, the B and the C list characters that you see in the backgrounds. Um, so I've been enjoying that. Um, New York Comic Con is next week. It's crunch time with my costume. I'm basically done. I just have to style, uh, I have to style my wig here. So I'll be working, oh my on, God. working on that. Um, going to be Natalie Portman in that one movie? <laughs> no. Kick-Ass? She's not in Kick-Ass. <laughs> that was a joke. It's a critical yeah. role. So, nice. Do it. You're going to meet Critical Role? What? What's happening? What? Critical Role. <laughs> it's a Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah, you're going to meet them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing um the... The group picture. Um, um, and then we got tickets for the panel, which was awesome. Um, so, yeah, we'll be there Thursday and Friday. When is WSDR going to do that? I don't know. Meet and greets. All right, we're signing autographs. <laughs> yes, I am, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that famous. Um, yeah, so I'm doing that. Getting that finished, and then uh, we have our uh, Garrison 20th anniversary dinner this weekend, so that'll be fun. Get to see majority, good majority of all of our Garrison members here in New Jersey, which is always a fun time. So that's good. We're looking forward to that. Um, that's been pretty much it. All right. Heather, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, uh, living my best life. Um, I um, continue to work on my costume. 
um, my unofficial costume. I'm pretty excited. Um, it will for sure be done by C2E2 then, which is great. Um, and then I recently finished Jill Duggar's book because I'm weirdly <gasps> obsessed with all things Duggar and the IBLP and everything. Mm, I've I read that to one too. Other, I we did a podcast on podcast. that, Aaron. It's called Syndicate. Um, <laughs> oh they my did God. some show about <laughs> the Amazon thing. Um, so that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. So because <laughs> I read Jill's, I already read Ginger's book. So um, anyway, so weirdly obsessed. I don't know what's going on. Um, I am event coordinating my first troop. At this point, I've only ever attended troops with the 501st. I am now hosting my first one, Ooh. so I feel very grown up. It's very Very exciting. cool. Um, and then I was invited to a gala. Some fancy. Very nice. Um, so um, my church works with this nonprofit um, called Reclaim 13, they specifically work on rescuing young girls as young as 13 from sex trafficking and sex exploitation. And every year they host um, a gala for um, donors and they do like auctions and raffles and stuff to help support the cause. And so I bought myself a pretty dress to go to it and uh, um, I'm excited to support that cause. And so not quite nerdy, but yeah. Significant. Um, good things. Good significant. Things. It's a significant part of my life that's going. Yeah. On, so. Good. So I feel like I'm doing some nerd, doing some nerd cause with the troop, and then just regular cause. And class is going well. Midterm is coming up in like two weeks. Yeah. All right. Right on. That's my story. Armand, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm such a bad example. Oh. Um, not a whole lot. Um, been working on my continual work in progress. Uh, my desk. My mm -hmm. desk set up. Recently converted to a motorized sit-down stand-up. Nice. I have the IKEA hack for those that are wondering. Where it's like the two uh, bookshelves with the piece of wood on top. Yeah. So now it's a sit-down stand-up with the, the rising thing. I got a new monitor. It's a 38-inch ultra-wide. Ooh. With a small one on the side, so still got two screens. Uh, hmm. What else is going on? I don't know. I design video games for a living, so every day is nerd time. That's pretty dope. Can't talk about it. Oh, it's all secret. <laughs> I'll say it's some exciting stuff coming in the pot pipeline, so I better watch out. I don't know, Aaron. There's nothing going on <laughs> in my life. I went Diablo to four, last I don't know. <laughs> to give you time to respond. I got okay. nothing. Nothing's going on recently other than All right. we're going to do well, a podcast for Halloween. I was about to say, you got something coming up with the syndicate. I do. 
we record next weekend, but it comes out for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Armand, I, yeah, I, I, hard de- I hard declined. Because I don't do spoopy. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't do spoopy <laughs> movies. I, I will know. not sleep. So unless you're doing like Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I might hit you up on that. Oh. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Aaron and I, were going to do a podcast on, should I reveal it? Do it. Rosemary's Baby from the 1970s. It's going to be good. Roman Polanski. (laughs) The Paragon of Hollywood. Before. Before. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, my God. Can't wait. I have so much to talk about. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Todd, though he couldn't make it today, he wrote in uh, for Cantina Chat that uh, he watched the Ahsoka finale. He got some Legos for his birthday. Uh, (laughs) He had fun with uh, watching Predator and watching Lord of the Rings with Trent uh, with the extended version. Um. Less. And he yes. is <laughs> good for him. <laughs> He's currently reading a book called In Plain Sight. Um, I'm going to guess that has something to do with UFOs. Probably. Uh, that was such a bad influence on him. In Plain Sight, a fascinating investigation into UFOs <laughs> and alien encounters from an award-winning journalist. Fully updated oh. and revised new edition for 2023. Who's <laughs> the author? Ross Colthart. I don't know that guy. <laughs> Todd's going to become Charlie Kelly with the Pepe Sylvia oh, yeah. board and everything. Yeah. I think like last week he had a, he had a different UFO book that he was reading. So he's, he's cranking through them. Son of Bender. Just... What, what is this monster you've created, Armand? <laughs> it all started in an episode, what was it, seven? Aliens. I was like, I believe in aliens. And everyone's yeah. like, Why? <laughs> oh, I was ahead of the times have changed. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, like you, Heather, mm-hmm. I've also read uh, "Counting the Cost," the uh, Jill Duggar book, uh, which was fantastic. That uh, that really turns my crank. Uh, those kinds of stories. Um, crank. I, I meant to bring this up last week and totally forgot but here we are now um armand uh (gasps) gave me a gift recently and (gasps) it is a uh a film cell from the theatrical (gasps) run of empire strikes back and yes uh, as as far as i know this kind of gift they there's this company that like selects a random frame of film from the movie that you want and i just so happened i I'm going to try to get it visible here. Um, it's not really visible, sure. but it is the exact frame where Princess Leia kisses Luke in <gasps> Empire Strikes Back. Nice. Just as it turns out. So uh, <laughs> that was just hilarious and perfect in every way. So thank you, Armand. You're welcome. Um, other than that, uh, I have started watching The Clone Wars again. With my girlfriend. Oh. Name's Leia. Oh. I'll give you the details after the show, but uh, oh, spell the tea. I, I've got a girlfriend now. 
So, um, it's off the market, ladies. I'm so sorry. Sorry, ladies. You had your chance. But that's when um, they're all interested, anyways. <laughs> no, I had to like every week just clearing out the WSTR mailbox. You have a girlfriend now? Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, I've been I've been doing good, but uh, that's oh uh, tomorrow, the day after we uh, re-recording this. Um, so this is out of date by the time it releases, but I'll be running the campaign finale for the Red Five Tavern. Uh, if you don't know what that is, the Red Five Network. We have a bunch of people playing a D and D campaign. I'm co DMing it with uh, Charles from Conversations, and uh, the big the big finale is tomorrow. So. No pressure, right? Um, I'll, be, those I'll be DMing that this, session. So. Oh, uh, wish me luck, because I'm going to need it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about it. So thank you for listening to another episode of WSDR. We've got uh, everybody on the socials. Myself at Aaron Hoolian, Carla Carla Marie Giac, Heather at Hawk Awesome, Todd at Tizod, and we are part of the Red 5 Network, a wonderful network of Star Wars podcasts. Armand, go ahead and plug your stuff. Oh plug my your pluggables. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, well, you could find Aaron, uh, Carla sometimes on the podcast I'm on, which is a film podcast, The Syndicates film and tv podcast where we talk about movies of all genres uh we uh dive deep into the themes of these films and we go off on tangents we have a great time it's always a good time but you can find me at syndicate so that's c-i-n-e-d-i-c-a-t-e on all the socials you'll find me you'll find aaron you'll find todd carla heather maybe one day but uh yeah that's where you can find me all right. Uh, we want to hear from you, so please comment, tweet, rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star rating, we'll throw some swag right into your face, whether you want to or not. This is, this is, this is not a promise. This is a threat. Um, you can catch our entire back catalog of episodes at podcast.wstrmedia.com. We got merch over at store.wstrmedia.com, and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash wstrmedia. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us in the YouTube chat. You can catch it at livestream.wstrmedia.com every Thursday night. Uh, if you have any ideas for a show or you would love us to interview someone, please drop us an email at mailbox at wstrmedia.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 630-557-WSTR. That's 630-557-9787. Next week, uh, speak of the devil, we are going across the universe as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Hey! So, Carla, get, get ready for that one. Alright, y'all. There's only one way to end this show. Now this, now this is Podcasting! All right, and we're clear.